Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. If I were to ask a room full of meteorologists who their role models were, I am sure that a handful of them would say June Bacon Biercy. She was the first African-American female television meteorologist, and with that achievement, she broke many barriers. In a time where most of the women giving the weather reports in the morning were not trained as meteorologists, she was different. June was determined to follow her passion, and that is why she is recognized to this very day. Today, I have her wonderful daughter, Dale St. Clair, with me to talk about her mother's legacy. Thank you for joining us on the Weather Geeks podcast. Thank you for having me, Marshall. It, it's such an, again, we're going to get into who you are because you're an amazing person in your own right. But I want to talk about your mother's legacy. First of all, for the Weather Geeks listeners who may not know exactly who she is, tell us why she is so relevant to the field of meteorology. My mother uh, is the first African-American female uh, to earn a four-year degree in meteorology. She graduated from UCLA in 1954. 54. Yes. Now, at a time when many people that looked like her or me were struggling for basic rights to be able to ride on buses and drink out of water fountains, she was getting a meteorology degree. She uh, was uh, grew up in Wichita, Kansas. There was a uh, as many uh, many spaces around the country. Uh, we we know what our environments was like as as, as sure. Black Americans. Sure. Uh, she was uh, an advocate. Her family is the one that supported her and her dreams uh, while she faced. Uh, the nose uh, locally and frankly, uh, even at UCLA, sure. when she transferred uh, from uh, Friends University, where she was uh, earned two years of math, knowing that she was going to transfer because Friends didn't have a meteorology degree, went to UCLA and her advisor first told her upon their meeting, knowing about her background as an honor student in math and knowing why she went to UCLA, uh, recommended she pursue home economics. Wow. Now, to be clear, um, we, home economics is certainly a, a career that's viable, and uh, and we certainly need need that career. But I think the point being made here is that there was sort of a priori assumptions about what only she could do, perhaps as a woman, exactly. and particularly as an African American woman. Well. On both fronts, yeah. gender and race uh, were, uh, uh, she did not see those as obstacles. Uh, many around her uh, tried to impose uh, their opinions um, on her and certainly uh, tried to put obstacles in front of her, yeah. uh, which is why she uh, was able to, why she's a pioneer. She broke down well, she obstacles. she is a pioneer that many of us look uh, up to, and I will talk more about that. Now, I want to mention that uh, this won't air during Black History Month, but we're taping it in the last week of Black History Month uh, in a series that uh, we've been doing uh, with Weather Channel, and and it's just important. I want to take a bit of a pause here before we move forward, because I often get the question, why do we have a Black History Month? Isn't everyone's history the same? I just want to make sure that people understand that a celebration of one culture or race's history is not sort of a downgrade or an affront to another culture. It's just a uh, 
the fact that many of these facts you probably didn't learn about a June Bacon Beercy in your classes or a Warren Washington or a, or a Charles Drew. So it's important that we sort of fill in some of the gaps that perhaps left out because I'm sure everyone learned about Martin Luther King and Thurgood Marshall, but there's a whole set of history that we. What would you add to that thought about why we have that month, this month and why you're celebrating people like your mother are so important? Uh, much of uh, Black American uh, history uh, is. Uh, has been shared verbally. Uh, it's not in our history books. Uh, it, even today, uh, I, I sent my children to great private schools in New York, and they uh, and 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 as many black parents do, uh, we teach our kids uh, that what is missing, which is still missing. Sure. Now I want to just make sure people understand uh, your mother's background a little bit. I'm just going to read through some facts, and then we'll kind of pick up our conversation. She was born in Wichita, Kansas, in October 1929. Uh, uh, died in July 2019 in California at the age of 90. Uh, bachelor's and master's degree in meteorology from UCLA. And by the way, UCLA has one of the top atmospheric sciences meteorology programs in the nation. Uh, she also had a master's degree in public administration, which I think a lot of people may not realize. Uh, she was the first African-American woman to earn a degree in meteorology. Now, before she was an on-camera meteorologist, I understand that she did some work perhaps in the federal government as well or in the oh, National yes. Meteorological Center. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. And, and let me just say, my mom was passionate about a career in meteorology and and the associated scientists, sure. she, engineering, as you know, sure. oceanography, as sure. you know, um, and all of which she's had those roles as jobs. Right. Uh, meteorology uh, is, uh, as a career, was... Uh, she pursued with purpose, uh, beginning uh, with the the uh, government, uh, and then going on to broadcast journalism, um, and eventually teaching. Um, I'm just th want to where, emphasize. Where did she teach? Uh, she her the, the and towards the end of her career, uh, she taught in the San Mateo County oh, wow. um, local schools. Very nice. Uh, my mother from the begin from the time she was the first graduating at UCLA in 1954, uh, which she uh, uh, she was. An, 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 an inherently an advocate for women and other minorities sure. pursuing meteorology. Sure. And that happens, as you know, across all age groups. So for her, uh, teaching uh, grade school and high school science and math was what she did. That was part of her service uh, towards the end of, of her career uh, that she did with great joy and pleasure. Now, I, I know that you and I have a mutual friend in Janice Huff, who in his, herself is a pioneer, the chief meteorologist in the largest television market in the nation. And one of the things that I know Janice has talked about I talk about as mentors and just seeing people doing things that you might want to do. So, for example, coming up as a, a young a scientist or is interested in science, I didn't see a lot of NASA meteorologists that look like me or scientists for that matter. So I used to read books about George Washington Carver and others. Talk about your mother's legacy as a mentor to undoubtedly so many, not just African-American women or men, but meteorologists in general and what you've heard over the years about how people view her? Um, my mother, uh, uh, my mother, one of my mother's heroes was Madame Curie. 
and uh, inventors yes. uh, was was what my mother was passionate about. Yes. As as a uh, a young girl, she saw the bombing in Hiroshima, uh, was wanted to understand what was happening to the atmosphere as a result of that, and frankly, that's why she pursued meteorology um, and and the science area associated areas. In, in terms of of mentoring, that. Uh, when she went to UCLA, she also went to, I don't know if you know this, she also went to the American Meteorological Society meeting in Los Angeles. No, I did not know this. Um, that was her first stop. And wow. that's really a, a testament to how my mother, uh, as, as, as I know you do, I know a little bit about you, how she pursued her goal. Uh, it was going to UCLA. Uh, and frankly, because Aunt Tinsley lived in UCLA and didn't lived in, you know, we didn't have any relatives in Boston, sure. you know, just didn't pick up and from Wichita and just oh, land anywhere. Oh, absolutely. Particularly uh, in our, our culture. That's <laughs> right, very important. Exactly. Just, just throwing that in oh, there. It's, it's, it's real. Um, uh, went to the AMS uh, local um, uh, society for mentors, are seeking mentors in a network, and went with a job. Wow. She was a, 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 an, a, she was working with the uh, the lab, the meteorology lab at UCLA. And by the time she graduated, fifteen of her weather maps were on display at the National Weather Service before she graduated. Wow. And that is the type of direction and drive and passion that my mother had, frankly, about everything she right. did. But I'm just giving you that example. Um, she had men mentors. They were, they were white males. And sure. so those that's were who the were there. Who was and there. That's who, that was who was in the profession. Um, and through her career, uh, navigated and, and, and expanded um, with, with, with others. But, um, but in terms of mentoring, she sought mentors and was successful at getting some. And the moment she was in a position to be one, um, after having uh, years in, in the government and then eventually going to WGR and having a, a, a TV career, um, absolutely um, made made herself available. And so I want to just pick up on just some of the facts about this pioneering uh, legend of our field, the scientist. She became the first African-American female TV meteorologist at WGR-TV in Buffalo in 1972 when the station's on-camera meteorologist was arrested for bank robbery and they needed an immediate replacement. Uh, she was also hired as, hired as a reporter and science correspondent, among many other things. So she has a very strong legacy. I, I'm just so excited to have um, uh, our guest here today. Dale has done so much, and we're going to get into her own legacy in a moment. You know, our producers normally provide some notes. I haven't looked at any of the questions on those notes yet because <laughs> I just am so fascinated and, and enjoying this conversation. But I want to kind of peer into some of the things that uh, the, the producers wanted me to ask in addition to the many things that I have to ask as well. I'm sorry. So uh, when you were a child, did you have any idea how successful your mom was or did you appreciate the legacy that she was shaping? Um, when I was a child, I, I would I would say I did not have any idea about her uh, success per se. Uh, we, I grew up with uh, uh, a calendar with the uh, uh, total total uh, total solar um, eclipses out ten years sure. and plans for to see them with my mother because mm -hmm. she wanted us to experience history. Uh, so I already we were already in a different spot. We had weather balloons uh, growing up, very popular in school because I would show up with weather balloons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, so I I knew that 
uh, what my mother did. I spent a lot of time um, on the TV sets mm-hmm. uh, growing oh, up. Oh, you did. My mom did not believe in work-life balance. She would laugh when I in the '70s that word that term, as you know, became a part of our culture. And I started uh, espousing that. My mother laughed, scoffed, uh, <laughs> and said, "Integrate, integrate what's important, uh, and that's work, family, and service to sure, others." Sure. Yeah, and I, I know that's something that I value even to this day. With two oh, about to have two teenagers in the house, so yeah. it's important to balance life. Uh, I want to kind of continue to march through just some of the legacy of June Bacon BRC. She at NOAA, she helped establish a program at Jackson State University to encourage minorities to pursue meteorology careers. I've had the fortune to visit that program. It's still one of the most important conduits for African-Americans that are going in the field of meteorology. Uh, have you had a chance to visit Jackson State? Thank or no, you what, for bringing that yes. up. Um, uh, AccuWeather was kind enough to uh, do footage and, and go and, and, and actually did a piece mm-hmm. with me. And that was, frankly, my first exposure virtually. I haven't been there physically. Oh, okay. um, but I was able to see some of the students and, and I would just their heartwarming remarks about how they're part of uh, their legacy and, and my mother's uh, legacy in, in launching the meteorology lab. Uh, which was all part of as a voracious uh, advocate for women and minorities. When she launched the scholarship, uh, shortly thereafter, she launched the lab. She specifically wanted to launch at a historical black university to make sure that we were reaching, um, uh, reaching minorities as well as women. Sure. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. on the Weather Geeks podcast. I'm Dr. Marshall Shepard from the University of Georgia, and I'm speaking with Dale St. Clair. She's the daughter of a pioneer in our field, June Bacon Biercy. And there's so much, there's so many places I could go. This one maybe one of those days where 40, 30, 40 minutes may not be enough because there's so much I want to talk about. Dale St. Clair is the chief operation officer at Park Avenue Finance in New York City. She studied business economics and public policy at the University of Chicago. And we're going to dive into some of her interesting STEM related things as well, because even just in the, the day that we've met in person, I've learned some really interesting things that I want to focus on. But I want to continue the march through your mother's legacy right now before we come to uh, sort of the current issues that you face and that your mother probably sort of helped overcome in some way. After winning over $60,000 from a game show in 1977, she established a June Bacon BRC scholarship for women. And this was for women interested in atmospheric sciences. And this is being relaunched. Talk about what's going on with the relaunch with the American Geophysical Union or the AGU that many of us know it as. Yes, the AGU. My mom's uh, final wish uh, was to relaunch the scholarship that she originally launched in 1978. What was the game show, by the way? Just um, curious. $128,000 oh, question. Oh, yes. The, so, was that the pyramid game? Or? Um, it was a, Q- a Q&A. Okay. Uh, so at the time, uh, my mom was invited to participate. She accepted with the knowledge that she would be able to win enough money 
to fund the scholarship. Oh, wow. My mom had a vision of launching a scholarship for women uh, really uh, around the time after she, she graduated mm-hmm. from UCLA. She, she did not, being the first was, was, uh, uh, was something she wanted to uh, did not want to be a permanent situation sure, in absolutely. our country. Yeah, we have uh, too we many can do first, better. even today, unfortunately. <laughs> no, 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 exactly. So yes. you understand that. Yes. Um, it's a privilege and it's also a responsibility right, uh, right. to expand to others. So sh- to be able to have the opportunity to actually launch it as a government scientist and have that lump sum of money, that's what the invitation meant to her, is that this is a path to win. Now, I know you, Marshall, will understand exactly what I'm about to say, because preparation, uh, you have the goal and preparation, uh, uh, you know, is is uh, a key part of that. Absolutely. And she chose John Philip Sousa, Mm -hmm. which was a a topic she enjoyed. And frankly, we all learned a lot about John Philip Sousa because my mom made hundreds of, of 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 index cards with questions and answers. And we, and I tested her along with oh, a couple wow. of friends after work at the National Weather Service and on the weekends uh, for hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was no great surprise that she walked away with uh, $64,000 at least. Right. Uh, and it was, you know, frankly, this was an expectation uh, and, and a dream realized. Right. Um, she couldn't have been more thrilled to uh, say on that show that she's launching the June Bacon Bursey Scholarship for Women uh, through the American Geophysical Union, right. and that was in 1978. The scholarship was annual. Uh, it was effective 1978 to 1990. Sent uh, 12 women uh, to school, and her uh, and and have, and those women went on to be physicists and astronomers sure. and professors and, uh, and meteor- chief meteorologist in Florida. Well, they they matter. They, when you plant those seeds, they grow and flourish. So we are so grateful for what she did. Uh, just to additional facts about uh, Dale's mom. She was the first woman and African-American, let me say that again, first woman and African-American to be awarded the AMS's seal of approval for excellence in television weather casting. She was named a minority pioneer for achievement in atmospheric sciences by NASA. Now, again, the AMS seal of approval, if you watch TV, you'll see the AMS by your TV meteorologist's name. It's now the certified broadcast meteorology seal, but that's the gold standard. She was the first woman who received the uh, the seal of approval in 1972. 72. Um, and there uh, there was five women in the 70s uh, that received it. And I've obviously done a little re- research. My mom was the first. In the 80s, there were, were 60. And then in the 90s, there was 160. And then it... And now there's there's more, and, and thank goodness you have this certificate. Um, but these numbers are too small. Absolutely, <laughs> they are. There, are a lot of those numbers are too small. I know our mutual friend Janice Huff. I had her when we did the TV show version yeah. of the Weather Geeks. <laughs> we talked about just so many things about the lack of chief meteorologist women, African American. I want to get your thoughts on whether you or your mother had any thoughts on the use of the term weather girl. <laughs> Because no, it's it's comical because there are still people that use the term today when these are scientists with degrees in STEM and they're called weather girls. You never see here Jim Cantori or Mike Seidel called a weather boy. Right. So it's just ridiculous. So give me your thoughts. I I laughed. um, 
uh, uh, because yeah, you've got to have a sense of humor. I mean, it's it's actually tragic, it um, as you know, and it's it's we all heard uh, "Good Morning uh, Great Britain" with uh, Craig Kelly, a member of the Australian Parliament, sure. called Laura Tobin, a weather girl. It's still happening. Oh, absolutely. It is. And thank goodness more people like yourself, frankly, Marshall. I mean, I see your tweets when yes, that happens. Absolutely. I see exactly what you say sure. and, um, and, and others, too. Yeah, you have and to push more back. people are stepping up and saying something. More men and, and, and certainly women, but more men are stepping up and saying something. And that's what we must continue to do. I, I, it is I, unacceptable. It is un- unacceptable. And it's just one of the, you know, one of the questions that uh, one of the producers uh, had down is she, she was uh, initially reluctant, your mom, to accept the on-air position because she didn't want to perpetuate the sexism of the weather girl era. She was quoted as saying, I didn't want to prostitute my profession by being some kind of clown. That is just a powerful statement about how she saw and valued her role as a scientist. There is absolutely no question uh, in every aspect of what my mother did um, on the air or as a, um, a frequent speaker, you know, in any public medium uh, that she uh, was a meteorologist and expected to be uh, treated as such. Yeah. Um, that was not the case. She'd always correct people. Uh, she would say, I'm not a weather girl. I am uh, a meteorologist. Absolutely. And it was... It, it, it was ongoing. Yeah. It's ongoing. Yeah, it's, 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 and it's ongoing. And frankly, if I can say. Please do. When you're attractive, sure. uh, it is even uh, more uh, insulting. Well, let's <laughs> talk, let's it's so talk, objectifying. Let's talk about that because I was, as president of the American Meteorological Society, I had a TV meteorologist female come up to me and she said, AMS needs to do something because you would be surprised at the kinds of things that I'm told by consultants to wear, do, accentuate, etc. So you have sort of that side. And then you have people, I see Ginger Z, my colleague and friend Ginger Z, what she deals with, and Janice and others, with people talking about what they are wearing or why didn't they have a longer, a shorter skirt on that day. That's just ridiculous. And it's perversive, to be honest with you. But your mom understood that and pushed back on that. What is your thought on this, this notion of the sort of male-female presentation of meteorology and television journalism in general? So, for example, I could go on TV and wear the same exact suit for two weeks in a row and probably no one would notice. But your mom or Ginger Z, they might not wear the same. People who are commenting on their clothes left and right. What are your thoughts on all of this? I had a, we had a, there was an African-American meteorologist that lost her job because she pushed back on viewers that were commenting on her natural air. It is unfortunate that in 2020, uh, professionals, professional meteorologists in particular on camera, um, are still being faced with um, the the object uh, is just being objectified. Yes. And it's across, ind- frankly, all industries, as you know. Uh, it certainly hits more uh, when you're in the public medium. Sure. It, it, it hits one more. And it's, I look at my... Uh, Part of my mom's legacy, if I can just say, is uh, one of empowerment, uh, a sense of self um, as a woman, um, as a black American. And in 1954, as today, uh, 
professional meteorologists still must stand up for themselves Absolutely. Uh, as, and, and they do. And, and thank God there's, there's, there's others like, like yourself and other men that do as well. Um, but it is so critical and important that the moment someone presumes uh, to say anything um, about the way you look or, or, or frankly, that you're articulate or, or any yeah, of these you, other you um, read my pieces uh, uh, shocking uh, ele- uh, commentary that comes out of, of people's what mouth. What we that call they can microaggressions hurt. in some cases, yeah. and in some cases, macro or large scale. Oh, aggressions. exactly. Yeah, I mean, and, we're and standing up. Yeah. And your mother wrote a, a paper in 1978 on statistics of black meteorologists, for example, and just sort of noting the, the lack of numbers. And I can attest to the fact that those numbers, frankly, haven't changed too much. Even today. Unfortunately, that is true. Yeah. Uh, I remember when she wrote that paper. Um, she shared, we, we shared many things, uh, uh, we, we, and that was one of the, uh, I, I remember she was coming to assist uh, when she was coming and, and gathering all the stats to, to, for the research yeah. for this particular paper. Um, frankly, she also uh, cited, this is, teaching moments were are prevalent um, in all of our conversations. Uh, this was a teaching moment to enhance to me, her daughter, uh, that this is why the meteorology lab at Jackson State U um, exists. Uh, we need to do more. Uh, but she would always integrate uh, why we need to do more. We, meaning those who are in professions, uh, we're absent of women and, and other minorities, uh, that there are ways to do more. And that's, she chose that as a teaching moment to do that. Cause yes, it's travesty. It's still not enough, uh, in terms of representation, uh, in mineralogy or in STEM. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And we are back on the Weather Geeks podcast. I'm Dr. Marshall Shepard from the University of Georgia, and I'm speaking with Dale St. Clair about the legacy of her mother, June Bacon Beercy, and all of the things that she has done for not just black people, African-Americans or women, but for the field of meteorology. And I want to make sure that that's clear to everyone that listens um, as we close out the 2020 Black History Month. I'm honored to have Dale. Now I want to shift gears and talk about Dale. Because I've gotten to know Dale just in the last few months um, virtually, and we met for the first time today, and I'm so impressed because I can tell that the DNA of her mother and more is very much in her. Uh, if you, you look at her successes, look at what she's done. Talk a little bit about your business, your company, your professional career, and what motivates you. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Marshall, for, uh, for, for saying that. That's kind of you. And... My what what drives me uh, is at the end of the day, I grew up in in a home where uh, environmentalism uh, was core. The earth was core. Uh, the atmosphere was core. My mother chose to pursue and and make things better through meteorology. Um, I knew I was going to 
whatever I did, it was going to be a path where I too could make a difference um, and, and not and make a difference with women, make a difference with, with minorities, um, and make a difference in our environment. Right. I mean, that is our obligation, frankly, is taking up space on this earth. Sure, absolutely. Uh, I'm in uh, financial innovation, uh, and we design the technology behind our innovations. Uh, we're partnering uh, with uh, uh, a company that is we, with a soft integrate technology more in, in finance. There are many areas within finance that do affect the environment. That's not 100% of our focus, but it is part of our focus uh, by definition of what we do. Uh, Red Plus uh, financing, which is the carbon credits uh, issued by the UN, mm -hmm. we have a path uh, to increase those uh, with, with our innovations. Yes. And uh, we're commercializing two of our innovations uh, in 2020-21, and more information will be uh, more people will know about our firm sure. uh, when we come out with our innovations. Uh, is this what you've always done, or is this? I mean, this has been your career since college. Um, thanks for asking. My mom taught me to have a career, not a job, <laughs> uh, and which is, and so my career has has always been uh, in innovation, but it's been uh, broad, uh, similar, frankly, to my mother. So it was more in the private equity. Uh, space uh, with the traditional investment space. Sure, absolutely. Uh, my clients were public pension funds, uh, so I saw myself as a uh, way of educating trustees uh, and making pensions work harder. Right. My first job was at the New York City Pension Fund, okay. and I, when I left the the uh, innovative strategies that I employed. Um, under uh, uh, Mayor David Dinkins and Elizabeth Holtzman, uh, earned an additional uh, million dollars a year mm -hmm. uh, for the city's portfolios, nice. which was, I mean, this is back in the 90s. It's still a lot of money today, sure, but in the 90s it was sure, more. It's, it's quite a bit, sure. Uh, yeah. um, so for, for, I look at myself as um, using uh, finance uh, as a path to uh, uh, help people make money work harder for them. Uh, and that's either institutions or as a direct firm pensioners, but be able to have, uh, we, we can translate the language of finance and numbers into very, uh, into language that people can understand and, and have value, now, uh, look at value. And as we were walking up to tape this podcast today, you were commenting on the Weather Channel's um, immersive mixed reality I'm so excited technology. about that, yes. Shout out to Mike Chesterfield, by the way, who is the executive producer of uh, Weather Geeks, if he's listening, because um, he's leading this IMR effort here at the Weather Channel. And you mentioned that you actually had some interest and in that caught your eye. Tell us why. Well, congratulations, first of all. I mean, I uh, so I look at the Weather Channel I, if, uh, yeah, I'm just going to say, as being on the cutting edge, oh, they absolutely uh, uh, the are, cutting sure. edge of technology uh, and weather. And that is what I find very exciting. And I know other stations will learn, will see the path with your, 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 you, that you guys are paving and, and, and employ the techniques in their own programs. Sure. Ultimately, more value for the public. Sure. Uh, and then that's, that's what I look at as a service model. Uh, we're at and um, in, in finance. Um, I shared with you um, the Spatial Web, which is uh, and and there's a book versus uh, versus is actually the top international bestseller at space. It came out uh, about six or seven mm -hmm. months ago, and it they they too are rolling out their innovation uh, in the public. This is a combination of of AI, uh, virtual uh, MR, and 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 uh, uh, augmented reality. Mm -hmm. And I just am so excited that the Weather Channel is employing it. We're going to see more of this across all industries, including finance. Absolutely. And I just 
when Sheer versus with you. Um, but I mean, after the sh- after the show, I'll email you. Sure, the link. absolutely. Yeah, because <laughs> um, I, I know you're gonna to love it. Oh, and, I, I and look you're forward to see. it. Absolutely. No, I, I think that's right. I think the Weather Channel re- and we did a podcast on the uh, IMR. You know, it's easy to tell people a hurricane is going to produce six feet of storm surge, but when they see it and Jim Cantori standing in the middle of six feet of water. Um, that ma- that matters, and so I think it's going to be game changing in that regard. So I can appreciate the fact that you sort of recognize where we are headed with that. As we start to wrap this up, I just—I mean, I—I I can I can sense that you're a very interesting person, and someone <laughs> I could talk to for a while. Just give me your thoughts on the where we're headed as scientists, as STEM people in finance, what I, I have, I have a feeling you just have thoughts on things. So if you are sort of give your sort of ending salvo here, what would you say to the thousands, perhaps millions of people that are listening to this podcast? I mean, any advice, any wisdom? Well, I look at, um, first of all, I grew up with the scientific method. Um, I, I love to hear that from yes. the from the time I can remember. Right. I mean, we're the six or seven. Right. Uh, the scientific method was instilled in and and what I did. And while I am pursuing science and I, and going into uh, finance, I science taught me how to think. We, and, we're so much lacking of that that people just accept things exactly. and fake news. Exactly. People aren't using critical thinking skills. Exactly, and that is just how I grew up. Right. Um, George Bernard Shaw, who was one of uh, my mother's, uh, you know, uh, people she looked up to. Uh, some people see things as they are; others dream uh, things that never were and say sure. why. Right. That captures everything my mother did. That captures what I am doing. Yeah. Asking why. And uh, and pursuing um, avenues that haven't been explored is is what we're all about. To answer your question, um, we're we're going to a better place. Exactly. We are going to a better place because uh, we have people like yourself, quite frankly, um, Marshall, and uh, people like myself and my colleagues. We're going to a better place, and we're taking others with us. Sure. And that is where the mentoring comes from. That's where the scholarship comes from. I look at my mother's legacy as one of hope. And that we, uh, it's a privilege for us to love our careers and contribute uh, to the community. And by virtue of that opportunity, frankly, scholarship and giving that opportunity to others who also have dreams to achieve and contribute to the world is an obligation that that's a privilege to be a part of. Well, and I I wanted to make sure that we spent ample time on Dale St. Clair Mm -hmm. because a friend of mine uh, actually uh, is a professor of psychology at the University of Houston, and she posted a video on her YouTube page talking about it's important to acknowledge uh, our, our historical sort of legacies, but it's equally important to acknowledge that there are people living history and moving the needle forward today, and I see you as one of them. So oh, thank you for thank everything you, that my you're goodness. doing. Thank you so much. It gives me chills. Uh, <laughs> I want to. I want to just end by letting that. you tell us: Are there mm-hmm. places people can go to find out more about your company, about your mother, about you know, in your social media? Just you know, give it. Or you, give us some of your sort of whereabouts on um, social media. Well, thank you. Um, so June Bacon Bursey Scholarship through American Geophysical Union. Uh, there's a link. Yes. 
Just um, for that. Just Google AGU and, and June Bacon BRC and you'll find it. Yes. Um, for uh, my name's Dale St. Clair mm-hmm. and I'm on uh, most social media. I enhanced my social media, honestly, after my mother passed uh, to relaunch her scholarship. Very good. And of course I did that thoughtfully. <laughs> so there's, there's more information than even two years ago. No, no. I, I, you know, and I, I know that you're out there on Twitter and some other places, so I can see you're doing a nice job. No, thank you. Uh, I mean, I spent years as a financial commentator. It's really exciting to be back in the medium. Thank you for having me oh, on, on your show. Absolutely. I'm very excited about the Weather Geeks and all you're doing. Yes, and yes. I look forward to learning more. Absolutely. And before we end, it's that time of the show. It's time for our Geek of the Week. We like to highlight a scientist superstar, a great geologist, or a weather weenie at the end of every podcast. This episode's Geek of the Week is Sean Looks or Lux. Sean is an incident meteorologist at the National Weather Service office in Houston, Texas. He was nominated by one of his co-workers who said, from fires to hurricanes and everything between, Sean wants to be where weather is impacting people's lives and doing what he can to help. If that means hopping a plane and flying across the country at a moment's notice, that's what it takes. If you know someone deserving of being our next Geek of a Week, check our social media pages on Twitter and Facebook. Dale, thank you so much for joining us on the Weather Geeks podcast. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So happy to be here. Oh, we, it's it's our it's a in some cases it's an honor just to have you. So we uh, certain guests give you honor by being on the show. So we are appreciated. I'm Dr. Marshall Shepard from the University of Georgia, and we'll see you next time on the Weather Geeks podcast. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.